All right, cool. All right. Um, let me just. All right, so everyone, just chime in. Just the whole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the road, we are. We are. Dual sense, dual sense, dual shock. Oh God, dual. you're definitely you're definitely not our our, our ad voice. <laughs> <laughs> If we if we if we have our ad like those ads like, I'm starting to see like a lot of um I think a lot of Pierce has his has his ad like in the middle of our videos the manscaped stuff <laughs> yeah it's that's like Walt you're not doing that voice man <laughs> get manscaped with do shock and sense if you <laughs> with with code shock and sense yeah. Right, right. Noted. Right. Definitely noted. Um, <laughs> Macho, how, how are we sounding? Also, uh, I don't know if you already did, but uh, if you wanted to tweet this bad boy out. Maybe he has it already saved on a draft. And make sure that also we look, it's not tearing or anything on my end. So, Joe, you, your mic actually might be muted. Yeah. Also, Wall, are you are you still in uh, NPR right now? No, no, not anymore. Oh, okay. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love Dying Light. Same. We all know that breakfast is the most important <laughs> meal of the day. But what are you to do when you find yourself in a rush and you can't imagine? <laughs> oh man. This man. This man. What are you doing to that zombie, Jay? <laughs> oh man. I was just watching him ragdoll like over the fence, man. <laughs> Oh, oh shit! Kicking. Yeah, that's why. I don't allow. I fixed. Alright, Macho, you wanna check that out? Alright, yeah, he's fixed. He's good. Cool, cool, cool. <clears throat> Alright. Uh, Alright, let me share it out real quick and then we're good to go. Alright. I think I think we've we've uh dwaddled uh enough. So yeah, let's let's get started. Uh, guys, welcome to the 47th episode of the Dual Shock and Sense podcast. Uh, 47, very important number. Um, we we have we have uh, we have a lot to talk about, man. This was a pretty a pretty hectic week. Uh, it felt like at least for PlayStation that there was like something big happening like every day this week. Um, but yeah, man, we 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 got a very nice show planned for you guys. Uh, joined. I'm being joined by uh, my two co-hosts, as usual. 
Uh, we got Walt here. What's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on? What's going on? It's been a, it, it has been a more eventful week than usual. Uh, not much, not much in, in, in video games. More contrary to last week, which was more video game centric. This week, uh, we got a bit more to talk about in terms of of news and and actually PlayStation. This being a PlayStation podcast, uh, there's more PlayStation news. You know, sometimes that uh, for for a good time, that was a a bit on the low low uh the beginning of last year but now now we getting into it boys and it's gaming season fellas man i was i was hoping i was hoping uh (laughs) that macho wouldn't get back in time so i could do his intro for him (laughs) i would be like (laughs) oh you know it's the it's the king of kingdom hearts (laughs) that's why i always rely on walt to stall for me thank you buddy damn it it. Uh, gotta gotta stop him God damn it, y'all! Y'all are always in cahoots together, man. God damn. <laughs> um, the, the, Our bodies thicker than blood. That's why. God damn. Yeah, it's that. It's that. Uh, it's that. Hispanic God, blood, exactly. No, I was about to say something. What's what's something that's like a real like Hispanic food? Um, Paella. Yeah, that, <laughs> I was just gonna say like insert uh, Hispanic food grease. That's 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 where your blood is. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the other uh, one third of the of the Dual Shock and Sense podcast, uh, we also got Macho here. What's going on, man? Yeah, it's going, everybody. It's the King of Kingdom Hearts and the Final Fantasy fanatic. Excited for this episode. We got a lot to talk about and uh, a very special guest. So yes, sir. Um, I don't know exactly when was the last time uh, that we had uh, our our this specific guest uh, on the podcast, but it must have been like God, like episode twelve. Episode twelve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was really like the infancy of this podcast when we didn't know what we were doing. Um, but now we're, we're kind of in a flow, but, uh, nonetheless, man, I'm very excited to welcome back the, the legendary, uh, Mr. Badbit back to the Dual Shock of the Sense podcast. How are you doing, man? Man, I am doing fantastic. Thank you guys for having me. And yeah, man, it has been a minute. It has been a minute. Uh, I'm excited to be back here, though, talking PlayStation, playing some games while doing so. That's usually bad podcast etiquette, but I feel like since we're in a PlayStation Party chat, it only feels, uh, honestly, it only feels appropriate. Exactly, exactly. That's that's the that's the kind of atmosphere that we that we have with this with this show. Just kind of you know lay back and just kind of chill, hang out. Like that's the thing that we're shooting for is is the party chat experience. So yeah, feel feel free to just yeah play whatever, man. Um, but yeah, I man. I can't we... tell you what I'm playing, but I'm playing something. Exactly, mm, exactly. exclusive here. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna kick things off by uh, talking about the games that we've been playing uh, this past week. Um, has anyone been playing anything aside from Dying Light Two that they want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I've been I've I've been, I've been go kind of going through a smorgasbord of games. Uh, it's really just been kind of going through Thirteen Sentinels, Aegis Rim, just kind of busting out that story and um, the classic JRPG Trails in the Sky, Legend of Heroes, um, all good stuff. But man, um, what was the other one I was playing? Oh yeah, Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, oh, this <laughs> this game is amazing. I was nah, gonna say, if you have it download, is now available for purchase. So you can, if you would like the critically acclaimed MMORPG, you cannot download the free trial, but you can buy it, which I highly recommend. So, mm. but yeah, okay, okay. yeah, I've been playing. I've been playing a little bit of Dying Light 
two as well. But um, once we get into the weeds of that, I we can just do that. Let, let me ask you what uh what changed your your opinion because I saw you talking uh you know so, saying some things on Twitter you know <laughs> say, that insinuated to me at least that you know you weren't you weren't gonna give this game the time of day. What what happened, man? Oh man, it's, a, it's the lurker again. He's the lurker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see things. I see things. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, I, I I played it like a good like hour and some change of it, but like I don't know. Do you want to like make like a, a specific topic to yeah, talk yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah, I'll say I'll say it for that combo. But yeah, I mean, more or less, I, I feel like it it really just drops down to me um wanting uh I, I don't want to I don't want to crunch it into these next couple of weeks where I'm playing like other games that are not finished. If that makes any sense, I actually want to give it the time of day. But okay. after playing it, I realized like okay, yeah, this is a game I I. I don't really need to play right now. Oh man, it's something. I, it's something that could definitely be like it's. It's on the wish list, basically. So. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what about you? Have you have you been playing anything else besides uh, Dying Light? A lot of Pokemon. A lot of Pokemon. Legend Arceus. Um, how's how's that going? Man, I'm I'm happy that it, it, Pokemon used to be for the last maybe five six years. Pokemon was just a a tradition it was just a, yeah buy it beat it uh you know fill out the pokedex and call it a day and you know it, it was a good experience it wasn't by any means different but this time around man i'm glad that i can hop on a pokemon game and feel like i'm actually having a lot of fun with what it offers because back then traditional elite four gym battles whatever it's a it's comfort food you're familiar with it but this time around man i'm i'm actually loving everything they're doing with this game uh we talked about a little bit last last podcast but it the approach the more wildlife type of thing where you can capture pokemon in the wild and battle them on the wild and and having to complete the pokedex from scratch so it incentivizes having to battle pokemon over and over and not just having to grind aimlessly just to get a certain pokemon so it really man I'm having a lot of fun, and I'm really enjoying the features. I hope that this is this indicates a new direction for the franchise, and that even if they don't stop making their more traditional games that they have in the last for the last years, uh, that they introduce this new franchise of legends or whatever they want to call it in the future, or as long as they go with this approach, I'm super super happy. But yeah, man, uh, I'm loving it. I'm truly. This is honestly. <laughs> with the games that I know that are coming out this year and granted I can have 10 of these that can be contenders and I don't mind saying it that in my heart like this game is already on the list for being game of the year in my in my life nice that's yeah, awesome man. I'm I am absolutely adoring this Pokemon game and I'm happy that 13 year old me that got that first Pokemon game can say that I'm excited for Pokemon again and I cannot wait for what's in store from Game Freak or whoever may pick up the these franchises in the future. Nice, nice. Um yeah, it looks it looks <laughs> it's just it's just so wild to me seeing like a goddamn like 
Snorlax just like walking around in the world and he can <laughs> he can like attack you <laughs> like the actual yeah. trainer like these are children being attacked by like giant like <laughs> 10 foot tall monsters man like I feel like a single a single goddamn uh, hyper beam or like flamethrower from one of these things would actually kill these children but <laughs> the, kill, the kids are just like walking it off like it's no big deal <laughs> Hey man, and, and, they're li they're living the dream, as they say. They're living the dream. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> oh. And 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 another thing, real quick, with this game that I haven't really experienced in in a Pokemon game that much is when you see a Pokemon in the wild, this Pokemon will behave like said Pokemon. He won't just be a a, a Pokemon, just just a uh, a character, an asset uh, in the free world, and just be like. Yeah, I'll run away if you get near. I'll attack you if you're close. Or, or like, if you see a Snorlax, he will fall down and start sleeping and get up. If you see a Chansey, she'll start, you know, like, going back and forth because she's, like, shaped like an egg and she's, like, on, on the same spot. If you see a hip, Hippo down, this thing will charge at you and try to eat you. So you, each Pokemon behaves like the Pokemon and it gives them personality and character. And that's something I really appreciate of this game. That's uh, actually really cool to see because I, I was talking to my cousin about it and he is a huge Pokemon fan, like plays everyone, goes through all the Pokedex, like everything. Mm. And not complaints, but like one of the things that you wish that the game had more of was more Pokemon. And I was thinking mm. like, well, maybe because like there's Wonder 3D animated, so there's a lot more to them that, than what was traditionally in Pokemon and probably because they have different characteristics like those. So I'm glad that you actually said that because... I was wondering in the back of my head, I'm like, what makes it so that they're actually less Pokemon than, like, other games? And it's probably because each one has their own traits and features that, you know, need to be kind of for in the game, which probably takes a lot of time. For sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. Um, well, I, I, I gotta know, uh, did you did you cry the first time you saw uh, a Pokemon walking around in the wild? <laughs> Man, I teared up so much when I saw that first. <laughs> what was it? I think it was a Starly. When I saw that Starly, I was like, wow. Oh, man. Wow. It's okay. It's okay. Well, I cried when Goofy uh, supposedly died in Kingdom Hearts too. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. You see, y'all think y'all laughing? I'm not joking, man. No, <laughs> he did. Yeah, he did die. No, he did. He I did am. Die. I am now. I'm now reconsidering my podcast host, man. <laughs> God damn. So you're saying I could be a host? Oh man, let, let Macho host. <laughs> <laughs> no, that ain't that ain't happening anytime soon, man. Let's let's not get your hopes up, man. <laughs> Oh, come on, guys! Do the hashtag <laughs> let Macho host. Um, <laughs> uh, but okay, let's let's move on to. Uh, well, actually, uh, Mr. Badbit, have you been playing anything aside from Dying Light Two? Anything major? Nothing I could talk about, man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. So let's. This podcast was tomorrow, though. Yes. Yeah, but so All right. So let's so let's let's get into it then. Our our, our first big topic is uh, Dying Light Two, man. Uh, this game came out on the fourth uh too pretty i want to say like the reviews were kind of all over the place but mm -hmm. um and i want to i want to ask the question specifically to, to to macho and and walt did the reviews like sway you guys at all because i know for me like i've been on you know the I've been really championing this game and saying, like, this game is, like, 100% like a done deal. Like, I'm getting this game no matter what. Um, because I obviously, like, adore the first game, like, so much. 
Um, it, it, even to the point that like I don't pre-order anything, and this was one of the rare games that I actually did pre-order. Uh, so I'm wondering, like, for you guys, seeing the reviews and hearing about the bugs, et cetera, et cetera, did that like deter you guys at all uh, in in uh, purchasing the game at the end of the day? Um, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll start first since I was kind of like going back and forth a lot the past couple mm. weeks. Um, it absolutely did, man. Um, usually when a game gets like kind of these mixed matched review scores or even just reviews in general, um, to me, that's a good sign because that means that people are either going to really like it or really not like it. And so for me, that just speaks to me like, I, okay, that's easy for me to actually have an opinion on this game and not really just kind of dilly-dally on, like, whether um, it's something I'll like or not. Uh, from what I was reading the reviews, uh, and from even from Mr. Babbitt's review when I watched that video, I was, I was watching a ton just to get, like, all the coverage I can. And the consensus was the things that were improved are great, and it's, like, one of the games that that's so much fun to play. But the things that I was hoping for, like, as far as story and... Um, I think mostly, yeah, I think it's mostly just like the story. I was just like, people were saying that that was like the most disappointing feature. And some people liked it and other people were just like, it's a freaking joke. So mm-hmm. that's that's really kind of, I was like, ah, well, okay, now it's a game that I can place in the, I can play it later later category. Because if it's, I, I want something that's going to narrative, narratively grip me right now. And if yeah. Dying Light 2 is not going to offer that, then I'll just, I'll just wait. Yeah, for, for sure. Um that was that was definitely my big concern coming into it. Although I don't remember really the first Dying Light having like this gripping narrative. I mean, the main character in that game was called Kyle Crane for for goddamn sakes, you know. Um, so it was definitely like that. That's definitely like a 2014 like white male protagonist name right there. But um, yeah, like I, I hearing hearing you know the the story being disappointing for a lot of people was just kind of like man, like yeah, that's disappointing to hear, but like it's probably not the thing I'm looking for in Dying Light. Um, yeah. But nonetheless, I would have loved, especially because you know up to uh, the game's launch, we've been hearing about an emphasis on choices and you know dialogue options and like your decisions having a real impact on the game, and so hearing that that stuff like. You know they put such a large focus on that and then hearing that it's like oh it's kind of disappointing at the end was yeah definitely disappointing to hear um but well yeah, it's, it's a little it's a little muted from what i was like hearing from other people like it's not really there and that was honestly that was one of the biggest points for me too yeah man. me too man i i thought that was super cool but it seemed like it's not like the case but anything that was super ambitious and i don't know if they're really gonna pull it off or not but um just to hear that it's like kind of like muted in a sense it, it kind of threw me off a little bit too yeah, for sure. Um, but Walt, uh, what about you? Did uh, the reviews uh, sway your uh, decision to get the game at all? I'm kind of of the same mindset that you were, so in that I was 100% just down to play it no matter what anyone said and reviews and whatnot because the first one I had such a blast. And I never... When I played the first one, I didn't play through it thinking what brought me to it was the story similar to dead island what brought me to the game was the idea of the setting so dead island is the fact that you're alone in an island there's an outbreak and you have to survive and i don't care who's the characters who who do you voodoo i don't care who's trying to save who where's the 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 lab i don't care for any of that who's trying to save anyone kyle crane 
I could care less of what his development as a protagonist did it add to my already low expectations in terms of story because I didn't really expect anything. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't just there. There was some motivation to for you to try and progress through the story and try to save the people of Haran, but it never wasn't the driving force. It was always the, oh, I wonder where I can parkour now. Oh, I wonder what enemies there are. Oh, I wonder if I can go up there. Oh, I need to go outside in the night and look for some loot and look for some nests and wipe all this place clean of zombies so that I can uh, go through it more easily. It never was, man, I wonder what Crane is thinking right now. Like, I, that, wasn't never, that was never my, my prime motivation. So this one, hearing how the story is, is serviceable, sometimes forgettable, not that improve, much improved upon. Honestly, I'm just like, I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it regardless. Because with these games, I'm not, I'm not in it for the story. The story is just a plus to the already expect to the already set expectations I have of the things that I'm actually looking for in it. So like, right now I, I'm I'm not too far in. I've only met a handful of characters, and I'm already like. Okay, I feel you. I feel these characters. I enjoy so so far some of the uh, of the personalities a little bit. Uh, they're not just blank slates that serve a purpose. They feel like they they live in this world and they have and they've developed relationships with other characters and there's motivation so far. Uh, is it a cookie cutter story? You could say that maybe I don't know. I mean, I'd understand if you say it. It's your typical, you know. I, I don't, I don't remember this part of my life. I'm looking for this person, and you know that's the MacGuffin, the the his sister. But yeah. I enjoy the journey. This is like One Piece, man. I don't care what the One Piece is. I just care about the journey. I care about what these characters do and the fun, wacky adventures we go on along the way. Uh, so yeah, I, honestly, I didn't. This ain't Last of Us. This ain't something that I went to and thinking, man. Oh, what's the next experience? No, no. I'm just in it for the fun, and so far that's that's been my approach to it, man. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Babbitt, obviously you reviewed the game. Uh, what what was sort of like your TLDR? What what's sort of your biggest takeaway after after completing the game? Honestly, it's 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 what your boy just said, man. What he's expecting. That is what this game is. Mm. Like, when you get down to the brass tacks, this is just a sub-average, you know, zombie horror survival type of story, right? Like, I'm here, I'm looking for this thing, it's a MacGuffin, um, who knows if I'll find that said thing out or not, but there are people along the way that are trying to stop me from finding out whatever I'm supposed to find out, right? Yeah. Um, to me, I, and, and I mean this... If you're looking for the story, this is not the game. It will never be the game for you. I think when I when I look at this this game's story um, and dialogue, it's like cringy at times. It's not <laughs> written well in others, um, and sometimes the acting is just I I don't know, man. <laughs> so the, some of the acting, even by Rosario Dawson, is questionable. So like at times, I'm like, is this just a bad script or is this just the directing? You know, yeah the direction um that said everything else about it is fun it's good to great and i think you know to me 
the parkour, like if you're a Dying Light fan, you're here for the parkour. You're not here for the story. You're here for the action. You're not here for the story. And if you are a Dying Light stand, that is what you're going to get out of this game. And it's even improved upon. So like the open world is stellar, um, you know, and, and huge. And not just huge, but vertical. This is probably one of the most vertical games I've ever played, um, no doubt. Each area is unique. Like there are not too many repeatable rooms uh like you know uh skyrim had like the three same rooms this one it seems like <laughs> i've i've run into some clone rooms but they're few and far between which is builds onto this world uh it's it's impressive you know the parkour mechanics man are awesome the the introduction of the paraglider the hook that you have everything bleeds well so well to each other and complements each other um really well the the combat is like skyrim combat which i said in my review it's like skyrim but with zombies um where yeah it's like r2 for attack r hold r2 for heavy attack type of stuff um which you may be in for and you may be out for but honestly the combat is a lot of fun not too challenging because it kind of does the assassin's creed thing where it's like here's five enemies but they're gonna attack you one at a time um but overall, this is a really fun time, and I actually come at it a little bit higher uh, in the re reviews. I would have actually scored this a solid 80. I, I ran into one could-have-been-game-breaking bug, I'll say that, but since day one, it has been a great experience. So I don't think anybody's going to get those those too many of those bugs post-day post one launch. Yeah, I I hope so because yeah, I've been, <laughs> I heard on uh, the kind of funny uh, podcast that uh, Blessing had some bug that required him to, I think restart like his save wasn't like loading or something along those lines, and it required him to basically restart the game already. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But the thing was is that he was having so much fun with it that he actually didn't mind replaying like the seven or eight hours that he had put in at the time. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so kind of hearing things like that definitely makes me a little weary. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, so far, you know, I I'm probably like I don't know, like two hours in. I'm at I'm at the hospital section where you're getting the uh, the bracelet. Um, so like mm -hmm. that beginning area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. so yeah, literally just started. But yeah, I, I guess my biggest takeaway is that yeah, so far it's definitely more dying light right now. But that's exactly kind of like what I wanted. Um. So yeah. I'm I'm totally down for that. I the thing that like I know I know people are are saying you know that the story is is kind of forgettable and and whatever. But the thing that I am digging so far, and we'll see how this evolves, is sort of the um, the wider cast that this has in comparison to the first game. I feel 100%. like the first game, like the cast was so reserved. There was only like a handful of characters that you could really like sink your teeth into and get to know. Yeah. Um, Jane, that's it. Jade, uh, her brother, um, mm -hmm. the leader of of the group as well. Uh, obviously, that that evil guy, <laughs> forget his mm -hmm. name. Uh, there, there was definitely there was definitely like a handful of people, but like this this game so far, I'm already meeting like there's already people who seem a little bit more interesting than the cast of the first game. So. Um, I'm excited and interested to see like where that goes, but <laughs> again, uh, what everyone is saying about the story is is definitely uh, I'm, I'm not excited. At the same time, I'm not excited to see how this progresses. Um, but yeah, uh, also 
Mr. Bevin, I wanted to ask you yeah. how how did you find uh, the choice and like decision making? Uh, do you agree with the sentiment that it wasn't as fully utilized as as it could have been? Uh, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I don't necessarily fully agree with everybody's like the choices didn't matter. I think the choices matter. So like between Survivor and Peacekeeper, I think it's one sided. I think why would you go with Peacekeeper? You are always going to go survival because to me it's all about the parkour and so the choices you make uh change the way the map is laid out you get more parkouring opportunities with survivor than you do with peacekeeper you get traps with peaks peacekeepers but to me i think the choices laid in front of you are really impactful story-wise it's just that the story is so weak that you end up I, i think that hurts the impact of those choices Right. So I, I, I'm, I'm actually more like no. I think the choices are meaningful. It's just because the story is not meaningful is what what really hurts the overall package. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's again, that's that is disappointing to hear because, um, you know, just how much they were really hanging their hat on on this idea of decision making and and um, your decisions carrying weight and and things like that. Um, at, le- at least it's good to hear that, like, yeah, the choices do matter, but yeah, then again, like, the story dragging it down definitely is is disappointing to hear. Um, yeah, that was, and that was kind of like, again, that was the one thing I was hoping that that would be an improvement from the first one, because even though I, d- I played the first one and beat it, but man, the one thing I do remember from that game was how much I hated the ending. And just like how I was just drudging through the story like real thick talk? mud, man. Yeah, real talk. A, a thir- like not a third way in, two thirds of the way in. I didn't care how the story is gonna roll. I was just like, I'm just doing this because the parkour is really fun. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, and that, yeah. And that was kind of that was kind of like when I was playing it on on Steam. I was just uh just I was kind of just just going through it, and I was just the thing is I took away from it was like, man, the the way this game feels is immaculate, right? Like, it feels yeah. buttery smooth. The parkour, it's, it's like, it's otherworldly how awesome it feels to play. Um, but then, like, at the other part of my brain that wants a story narrative, that wants something meaningful, that wants something I want to remember other than just how great the gameplay is from this game, it's like it's not there and it wasn't hidden. So that's, yeah. A bit, so it's, it's, it's still, it's reassuring to kind of confirm, like, you know, the, yeah, this is a thing. But at the same time, it's like, do I really need to play right now when I have other games I could play? No, not really. Yeah. And to be fair, I think the first game acknowledged that by giving you a final level that was essentially just a tower that you had to climb uh, floor by floor. Oh, yeah, I remember. And giving you that final challenge of you have to go through every enemy type that you've encountered, except volatiles, because it's daytime. So you have to go through all these big guys, all the armor guys, the fast ones, that, the 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 spitters. You have to go through all of them, and you have to climb the tower. Because at at the end, I'm not anticipating a final fight with the bad bot. As soon as Jay died, that was the prime thing that like made the story from for uh, not that well like memorable to a okay. This is prime motivator. I can see Crane like being encouraged to even fight even harder for. Or like the safety of this place that was it i wasn't like oh yeah like this is a one a plus storytelling no it's it's it gets the job done 
But I think that they acknowledge that by giving you just a a mammoth of a level by you having to climb all the way to the top to defeat this guy, which you're not anticipating the fight. You're anticipating the H floor and trying to get through each floor. It's a great speed run level. It's a fantastic speed run level. And that's something that this game does well. It's giving speedrunners a chance to hone their abilities to the point where let's see how fast you can get through this obstacle course. Let's see how fast you can climb this tower. Let's see how fast you can kill this mob of zombies without actually fighting them. Like, oh yeah, as soon as, soon as you jump into the world, you realize like, yeah, this 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 is all incredibly designed. Yeah, like, the world is like world is incredibly designed just to as a playground. It's like legit the meaning of a, a playground. Absolutely, and I think that if I think Project Zomboy does it well, where it's a Steam game. It's an isometric zombie survival game, uh, a sandbox game. I think what that game does well is it focuses all its resources on making a survival game and not having a story. The story is through dialogue, and that's it, and a few texts here and there. But the, the, the meat and potatoes of the game is you having to survive through crafting, surviving, uh, scavenging. And I think if Dying Light did that more, and it focused more on its world and how you can... Through the actions of your, of your decision, through your decisions and the actions and, and gameplay and and traversing, you impact the world and less on the narrative structure. It would be a phenomenal survival horror game, uh, but that's not the case. They you know they diverge their resources towards gameplay and towards the narrative, which again, th it's not trash. It's not a it's not bad a bad yeah, no. story. But mm. it's the story that I'm not going to think about at the end of the year. I'm going to be thinking about, probably going to be thinking about Elden Ring more than I'm going to think about Dying Light's story, if I'm going to be completely fair. Because uh, with Elden Ring alone, when you see this man, I command thee, Neil, why? Why are you telling me this? I need to know you. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It, it, yeah, I mean, but Miyazaki, no one, uh, Miyazaki, I mean, you know, praise the man. Uh, they, they, that's a different caliber of, of people, but yeah. Uh, it's yeah. a that's, it's that's a fair. solid experience. It's a, I would definitely recommend this game, uh, and I would suggest full price or not, you're gonna get your money money's worth with a lot of content here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that's fair. I think I, for me, like at the very least, like I I did not care one bit about any of the um, the sort of like survivors within the main camp uh, in the first mm -hmm. game. Aside from Jade and, and her brother, I think his name was like Rakeem or something. Like aside mm -hmm. from those two, I didn't care about anyone in that game. Uh, so I hope like at the very least, that's all that I really need this game to do because it, it's already through my like two hours of playing, the gameplay is already exactly what I need it to be. But at the very least, I just need this game to make me care about people. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's all I'm looking for. Make me feel something. Exactly. That's all I'm looking for. You do that and, and I'm, I'm happy. Um but but yeah man um yeah i think i think that's uh that's pretty much it for for dying light is there anything else that that we missed that you guys want to uh cover before we move on uh i would i would suggest if you have a ps5 exclusively and you're looking for a playstation 5 experience that is worthy of your time this month wait don't buy Dying Light 2 and leave room for the mammoths that are coming uh, this year, uh, this uh, month. That's Horizon, Elder Ring, and whatnot that you can actually play on PS5 and have a more memorable experience. Uh, or in Sifu, and you have uh, 
Oh my God, those is under the uh, Ali Ali World. Uh, Ali Ali World, yep. Ali Ali World. View of that on uh, on the Trophy Room uh, YouTube right now. You guys can check out. Nice. Kyle hey. absolutely loved Ali Ali World. Loved it. Perfect. Can, yeah, that's another one. Can you actually give like a quick like rundown? Like, what is that game? Because I've I've been seeing it recently pop up here and there, and I've been hearing like some pretty good things about it. So from what Kyle has told me, it's a two D skating game. Um, where you are traversing through each level doing flips and tricks and all that type of stuff. Um, it's kind of like supposed to be kind of zen, lo-fi. Like it's just a chill experience. Um, think of the artwork kind of like uh, Adventure Time um, with okay. little pastel effects to it. And pretty much it's about you doing just tricks, going through the world, uh, grinding, uh, doing like wall hops and stuff like that. Um, it seems like a really cool platformer that after Kyle was done talking to me about it, I was like, this is a game that I think I'm going to check out. Usually not my jam, but I'm like, you know what? I think for this, I'll, I'll give it a, I'll give it a good look see because it, it, it sounds awesome. We have a good 15 minute conversation where Kyle does a far better job explaining it than, than myself, but okay. yeah, it's a, it's a good time. It's a good yeah. time. I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Cause yeah, I've been, I've been. I've been seeing a little bit of it here and there, and yeah, it looks it looks pretty cool. And I'm I'm a sucker for anything skating related, so yeah, uh, it, so, it sounds like a must play. Um, yeah. But, oh man. Um, <laughs> but uh, they know we they know we got a goat in here. Jeez. <laughs> I tried to go surfer, yeah, bruh, but nah, I came out like a goat. Uh, um. Anyway, man. Well. Well, man, you're 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 on thin ice, man. You yeah, you, 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 you better be careful, man. You better be careful. <laughs> um, hey, man, go play some skating games and call it a day. Hey, man. Anyway, uh, let's let's get into into the 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 real reason why 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 people are here are one are going to be watching today. Um, so obviously on Monday, Sony began a pretty busy week for them by uh, announcing. You know, Herman Hulse came out. And announced that Sony is purchasing Bungie for three point six billion dollars. Um, they're they're joining they're joining PlayStation, man. It's 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 definitely a move that I did not see coming, would not have seen coming in a million years. Um, so we've had we've had sort of uh, basically almost a week to to let this uh, ruminate. I think that's a word uh, to to let this to, uh, sit in our heads. Um, so like, said the writer. <laughs> hey man, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I just say stuff, man. <laughs> I don't know if it's a real word or not. I worry about it later. Um, but yeah, so after having some some time to like really sit with it, how how is everyone uh, feeling after you know we've we've gotten you know some things that have come out afterwards, obviously. Um, how is everyone feeling now about the the acquisition? Because uh, obviously we we made our video talking about it as soon as that news dropped. Um, I feel like like looking back at that video, I feel like I wasn't nearly as educated on what this thing actually meant um, as I am now. Um, so yeah, I want to kind of go through the panel. Uh, like Macho, how how are you feeling now as opposed to when the news broke? It feels like it, it. It's a lot more clear now because I noticed what a lot of people are starting to say that and this not makes sense. Instead of like Bungie joining PlayStation, it's Bungie joining SI 
E. Yes, yes. Which makes sense on their, you know, exclusivity claim and where they stand with that. So, so it's it's definitely is what we were saying before. It's more on the obviously the live service entertainment side than it is more about exclusive game side. To to that point specifically, yeah, like I really want to hammer that in because even that was something that I didn't really like truly understand uh, the moment that this you know dropped, and that's what makes this whole thing so unique, uh, as opposed to all the other acquisitions that we've seen, right? Like this differs in in you know the house mark, the blue point. Uh, even, you know, the, uh, I don't know, like Microsoft getting Ninja Theory or et cetera, et cetera. It differs in the sense that like, yeah, like Bungie isn't a part of PlayStation Studios. They're a subsidiary within the SIE umbrella. So like they kind of like sit parallel alongside things like Gaikai or PlayStation Productions or even something like uh, VASG, right? Um, mm -hmm. And when I was thinking about VASG, I was like, oh, th that team actually works on games that are outside of PlayStation Studios, right? Like, they don't work on things that, that are solely PlayStation Studios titles, right? Um, so, yeah, it was really interesting, like, getting that clarification, like, oh, okay, that's really interesting. Um, but, yeah, uh, continue. I uh, apologize for, for cutting in like that. No, 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 you're good, you're good. I, I, I think that, that kind of branches the conversation well into, I, I want to see what Mr. Babbitt has to say about it, because mm -hmm. um, I know you and Kyle probably had this conversation more than once throughout the week, right? So what's your take on it now that we're kind of like, we're into the weekend here? Yeah, so I view this as, this is similar to SCIE back in the day, where these were two groups that, kind of did their own thing within the, the the company of SIE, right? One did, you know, EverQuest, the other did console games. And so what I see with this move is uh, synergy. It gives PlayStation a, uh, a source of revenue that they never had before. Um, you know, I love what one person said, I think on gamesindustry.biz, which was, it, this is their Minecraft. This is the, yeah. now the thing that's going to help print their money. And more importantly than any exclusive this gives sony the tools the expertise and the knowledge it's what uh ain said on cast co-op this week and i loved it where it's like when you're going for an acquisition that's the thing you want you want ip you want knowledge or you want expertise or tools right yeah. and so when you're taking a look at that bungie offers playstation that in in spades right because the one problem with the ps3 era was PlayStation had a lot of ideas, uh, but none of them really too cohesive or coherent um, that was, wasn't was story-based linear games like Uncharted 2, right? Um, you know, you had Warhawk, and as much as people love that series, <laughs> it didn't take off. It had Mag. <laughs> Remember Mag? Um, hey, hey, watch, it, watch your mouth, man. Supposed to be... <laughs> I'm sorry. I love Mag. All these things that were supposed to be the Halo killer. Right, and right. Halo uh, Haze? You remember Haze? I remember Haze. <laughs> I remember Haze. I played that game. I oh, played that game. I, I remember seeing that cover and going, eh. Uh, but yeah, so for me, it was... It, to, to me, this move is Sony... First off, I think we're seeing Sony's vision. Uh, I'm hoping that next week we don't hear that PlayStation acquired a publisher. What I am very much Same. hoping is PlayStation has thrown whatever money could have been for mergers and acquisitions into their studios. Yeah. Um, you know, they're throwing it into Santa Monica, expanding the teams that are working really well, Naughty Dog, um, uh, Santa Monica, Bend, all of them, uh, Sucker Punch. 
Insomniac. All these games are, are having sub-teams working on multiplayer experiences, right? Yeah. Like, rumor has it, like, like Insomniac's working on a Marvel multiplayer game. Imagine having that powerful of an IP mixed with the tools and systems for monetization and live service that Destiny has into their game. That's really important for Sony. That's really important that they get it right. Because if it's not right, that Marvel game is just another Starhawk. So that's a really important thing is that Sony understood their weakness and they went for the jugular on it. You know, they really did see that they can use Destiny and make it a Star Wars in terms of cinema and that they can use it to bolster their already great studios. I don't want... You know, I don't. I don't want the vision quote from from Old Age of Ultron going like, you know, cha- challenge breeds invitation. Like, I don't want them to go out there and because Microsoft bought Activision, they're buying Ubisoft or they're buying Square Enix or they're buying these companies. Um, I really want them to infuse themselves with what already works for them. You yeah. know, to me, I, you know, it's gonna sound fanboyish, but please stick with me here. When I hear Microsoft on one end go, oh, Bethesda's culture is not going to change. But then on the other hand, when they acquire Activision, they go, oh, Activision's culture is going to change. Like, first off, yes, I I want Activision's cultures to change. But no matter what happens, when a company absorbs another company, that culture is going to change. We saw it with Activision when they they merged into Blizzard, (laughs) right? That culture changed dramatically. So I'm I'm wanting Sony to branch out and purchase studios that blend well with them. You know, look into the, their ex-dev. Look into the ones that may get away from you. Acquire them, infuse them with cash, and bring them into the PlayStation fold. Infuse them with your culture and your values. That's, I think way more exciting than saying that Assassin's Creed is now a PlayStation exclusive. So God. that's my thoughts. I know I went on a rant there, but no, that, that's that would, how I'm, I'm feeling in my heart of hearts. That would literally be nightmare fuel if that ever happened. Um, well. <laughs> wait, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's going it's on? It's going to happen. Someone's going to buy them. <laughs> you oh, know, like, God. I don't think, I, I, I personally think if Activision's culture was problematic and, and, hurtful to, for that brand um i mean look at ubisoft right now they they've been they've been hurting for a minute now guys yeah like ever since covid happened this has affected their supply chain greatly and you know ubisoft as well has their own cultural problems that needs to be fixing and it seems like they are avoiding so i would not be surprised i mean even ea has looked into yeah no we're not in the business of being acquired we want to be the ones acquiring ea wants to be the top dog and the leader right now um in terms of that triple a space so yeah yeah um yeah and and you know to that point of uh playstation you know possibly acquiring teams that you know make sense for for their culture um i think what may be like a bigger possibility is like the teams that they that we see them partnering uh you know doing like third-party deals right now like the deviations or the haven studios or firewalk you know those teams i could see you know the strategy there being like hey let's partner up with these guys we build up you know a familiarity with them across a number of years and then 
eventually we get to a point where we acquire them, right? Similar to what they've done with Housemark and, and Bluepoint. I can definitely see, you know, Deviation and Haven and those teams being primed for acquisition for PlayStation in, you know, a number of years or something like that. Yeah. I, I like what uh, Jeff Grubb said. Um, he said something along the lines of, look, if you're a studio right now and you've been a studio independent for 10, 20 plus years, now is the best time to sell. Yeah. Now is the best time to 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 put put your put you know to cash out yeah and i, I yeah. think there yeah. is a lot of truth to that sentiment and i think i said that like a brit but like i think there's a lot of truth to that sentiment and i think that um you know when it comes to sony's acquisitions i think you can do similar quote-unquote damage by just literally going out there and buy, buying a remedy Right, like you could do similar damage by going out there and acquiring a platinum. Though, I'm, that's just an example. Right, I don't right. like platinum games. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think their quality's there. But like, you know, that that's what you could go out there and buy legendary, you know, double A studio houses that, you know, survive off of off of this. Um, you know, go out there and acquire a Lucid because uh, you guys have worked so so much together. So, that's what I'm. That's what I'm wanting PlayStation to do. Go after the the, the companies that you have relationships with, and, and and strong ones. Like even Bungie's relationship with PlayStation is a strong, you know, has a strong foundation. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people remember Bungie for Halo, but it's been 10 plus years, right? Since since they've made a Halo, and since then they 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 helped Sony craft the DualShock 4. Yeah. So like yeah. they have had really good relationships with each other prior uh may not be the strongest but again that's that's what i'm kind of thinking yeah no i i actually agree with you like i think it's about expanding the next steps release for PlayStation. i think it should be more on expanding what they already have and just acquiring kind of those small developers or where the case may be and like the ones i'm thinking of like i honestly thought about the other day and i just started playing uh hades back again but super giant games yeah. you know that would, that would be like kind that of a be, per, I mean, awesome get for them. Yeah, and again, and, and it comes down to also when when we're talking about like acquisitions, uh, you know, we often talk about is this good for Sony? Is this good for Microsoft? But is it good for that developer? Right. To go and and like like real talk. I know I I, I joked on the podcast <laughs> this week. Bring from software home, but like <laughs> you know, but is that good for Miyazaki? Does Miyazaki see any true value in it because that, that their company's so successful already and he's doing what he wants uh what's what's really what's taking that out of him by by just staying independent same with platinum games they have a really weird culture that doesn't work uh but they're adamant that it will <laughs> and like and they have been for so long <laughs> yeah and and so like you know th- that's what i think people are kind of missing is okay I could see a case for, let's just say, Anubisoft because they're looking at it going, we're in trouble right now. Um, uh, our fans are are kind of lukewarm on us. We've kind of similarly lost the luster here. Uh, there's a good opportunity that we could cash out, um, get get a shit ton of money, and this is someone else's kind of sort of mess. Um, and get, yeah. get Eve's Gimo out of there, man. Yeah, get all these toxic fucks out. And sadly, the thing is, like, what's going to get these guys out is a big payday. But again, yeah. he's also seems like he's very 
he he likes his position. So, yep. you know, it, it 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 really goes. It's it's going to be an interesting time. The next few weeks, months, and and you know, over a year is going to see a lot of companies merging and buying out other studios. So this isn't just like a Sony we're talking about here. You know, we're going to see more things from Microsoft, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. No. Um, it's, 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 it's kind of scary, man. It's kind of, it's kind of it scary is. seeing that. Yeah, it's like, it's the whole thing for me. It's like public publishers being bought. Like, I, I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. I could see where the benefits are coming from it. But yeah, at the same time, like, why are we really thinking future, future ahead? Because one of the points that I brought up for... The Microsoft acquisition or Activision, yeah, the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard was that this this is great now for probably the next five, maybe even ten years, right? What's going to happen when Phil leaves and there's new heads right. up the top? You know, it's the same thing for PlayStation, right? What happens when there's not a Herman Holster or a Jim Ryan that don't have the same vision as the Bungie CEO? Oh man, now you know <laughs> now, I mean? now so. we're we're wanting a Jim Ryan and Herman Holst to stay. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, he ain't going nowhere, so might as well just accept it. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Um, but uh bad bit, you, you touched on something that I kinda wanted to like dig a little bit deeper into sure. and that was um, you know, just like how how does this like affect Bungie specifically? And like we know that they have like big like aspirations, right? Like they want to be this sort of like multimedia sort of uh kind of entity, right? Like I think you you put the comparison to like uh like star wars right um and and yeah like i i totally agree with that because you know obviously bungie has has expressed their desire to you know make uh destiny into like uh you know like a movie or a tv series right and obviously sony having sony pictures they can obviously provide that um and i can see them like expanding the destiny ip even further with making like new stories within that universe like i don't know this is just like me spitballing but like a destiny racing game or they can do like an animated series or a mobile game um honestly i could see them growing to such a point where they become like a riot games where they have their bread and butter you know like league of legends but they they can also have arcane on the side they have league of legends wild rift on mobile and then they also have that runeterra spin-off game that they just released um and then they also have like an, uh, another ip altogether with valorant right like i i think that's that at the end of the day that's what bungie's like true goal is is to grow to that sort of level and be something along the lines of like a riot where you have all these different things going on underneath like one single like roof or whatever right yeah that's exactly i mean you just saw the one of the uh, uh riot games transmedia lead has jump shipped over to Bungie. This yep. is exactly what they want. Dude. Yeah. yeah. This is exactly what they want. They want this. They feel like this is the future of their brand. And to be honest, I think they're ex- absolutely right. I think people see Hollywood going, okay, they ran out of ideas with, you know, uh, books. Now they're going to probably lean into comics and games. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's again, that is the future, man. Like, it's happening. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And and it, and again, it it only benefits Sony to have, you know, going back to the whole exclusivity talk, like it, it benefits Sony to have Destiny on as many platforms as possible, right? I think it's I think it's so narrow-sided to to think that Sony should keep this exclusive because I think like Sony doesn't care like 
that where you play Destiny, as long as you're playing Destiny 2, like that's what they care about, right? Similarly to to a Minecraft situation there, uh, because they make money either way, right? So yeah, I definitely think that that is without a doubt like the end goal uh, for them. Um, but yeah, Macho, uh, what what do you what do you do you kind of agree with this as well? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I, I think um, and that's and that's exciting too because um, again, we were having that's kind of like what one of the benefits that came from the Microsoft Activision Blizzard uh, deal was that now that they're under that umbrella, now Blizzard Activision can actually go forth with their plans that they had for Overwatch, which is a universe I was really invested in when it came out. So the fact that we can have like an arcane but for Overwatch or have something for Destiny 2, like a live action sci-fi series could be really cool, man. I think it definitely divvy up like the amount of content we're getting. And it just overall, it just benefits back to, you know, for Sony making their money and putting more of that time and investment into what we care about, which is the games. Right. So. And we're going to be seeing that in fruitful times, you know, in the next handful of years. But um, but I actually want to jump to Walt because I want to see what he thinks about all this stuff too. Um, Walt, do you have any thoughts on this or? On um, in tandem to both the two points that were made, the culture and the amount of content we're going to get. This allows, as you've mentioned in Batbit, this allows for more to be done with more resources. Plus, culture will not be affected negatively. Hopefully, that's the idea, is for these for the workers and employees to have the support, have be under an umbrella that does not ostracize them to a point where they have to do walkouts. They have to, you know, there has to be allegations. It's getting to a point where culture is healthy and there's enough support where the content that we get is quality content just similar to and and i'll be the last one to reiterate on it similar to how riot did with arcane league of legends all the spin-offs they have multiple things going on at the same time and it hasn't been crystal clear it hasn't been crystal clean the culture the the riot hasn't been free out of right, what, yeah. what companies go through but it's not to the severity that happened with Activision Blizzard and whatnot. So hopefully what this means is more for the consumers, for us, more quality, but a better work environment for the workers. So I, that sounds, I mean, you know, some may say idealist to have uh, and delusional to think that that's a possibility. But I think that we can strike a happy medium in having the quality content and and multiple properties as well as a culture and an environment for the workers that is beneficial to them and we don't have these people you know uh, struggling and not being able to leave because that's their only the only way that they can sustain themselves similar to how we've heard you know with ubisoft and how there's workers then that they cannot quit their jobs because this is essentially how they live this is what brings the food to the table and that's unfair. We should be able to provide a safe environment. They should be able to provide a safe environment and a, and a healthy work environment for these workers so that they don't feel like they are chained to a, an already set f- future that will essentially be their downfall. So uh, this is this is what we can talk about now. It's all about just seeing how it unfolds and hopefully it's the way that we would like it to unfold because at the end of the day, behind all of these acquisitions, uh, company uh, names, developers, there's people. 
and we need the people to be to be in, in a good state absolutely yeah um another another kind of point that i wanted to i wanted to give sony credit on sort of like the clarity of like what this acquisition actually meant um because we went through this with both the bethesda acquisition and the activision one where it felt like man we were really dancing around like okay what does this mean in terms of exclusivity things of that nature mm. like it felt like uh, multiple like executives were saying one thing and then phil spencer would say something different and i feel like with the bungee thing like it's just been like one unified message like everyone understands like yes like bungee is is independent they're going to remain uh, a, sub a subsidiary of sie and they're going to be releasing multiplayer or multi-platform games destiny will remain multi-platform right like i i i'm I don't know, I'm 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 just giving them props that they were really transparent from the get-go and I feel like there really isn't like there isn't just like that confusion that there was with the Bethesda and the Activision stuff. So, yeah, I want to give them props for that. Um but yeah, I I think I think that's really about that's that's like my major thoughts about about the acquisition. Uh, does anyone have anything else that they want to touch on or any point that we didn't really get to talk about that they want to bring up? How do you guys feel about the live service stuff? Right, right. That's that is something big we should definitely talk about. So it was also revealed. Uh, was it was it during their uh, earnings call or was this in tandem with the Bungie? Uh, yeah, during the earnings call. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Jim Ryan came out and said that uh, they have 10 uh, live service games planned uh, before 2026, right? Yep. Okay, uh, so obviously this <laughs> this is definitely... I'm, I'm shocked at the reaction this has gotten because I feel like time and time again, I've heard nothing but... Uh, oh, multiplayer is, you know, Sony's weakness. This is an area that, you know, they have sort of neglected uh, for the past generation. Uh, Sony needs more multiplayer games. Now, all of a sudden, I'm I'm seeing people being, like, really, like, I don't know, like, apprehensive about this. Like, my, my biggest takeaway, and I'm going to pass it on to you guys, is that, like, this isn't like a mutually like exclusive thing. Like it's not, it's not, we're not going to see now all of a sudden Naughty Dog and Santa Monica and Gorilla exclusively make multiplayer titles, right? Like it, it like we can have both things, like both things can be true, right? Um, you're obviously going to see, you know, Naughty Dog still continue to make those single player experiences that everyone loves. But at the same time, London Studio is going to be working on a multiplayer uh, new IP on, for PS5. Gorilla has something multiplayer uh, in the works in tandem with Horizon Forbidden West, right? This is why Insomniac has a multiplayer project on top of Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine, right? So I, I don't understand why people seem to think that this means that oh now you know the games that we all know and love from the past generations are now gonna go away uh that's that's my biggest takeaway i don't know how you guys feel no that's exactly how i feel like nothing nothing is changing here um you know you're seeing playstation add exactly. add um talent to their already existing studios so it's not like <clears throat> excuse me like Neil Druckmann going out there and having to make a multiplayer game. No, you, <laughs> you, you literally just saw them going, hey, we're hiring for all these crazy positions right here, right now. Yeah. They're expanding their teams that are already 
incredibly talented. And again, infusing those people with the PlayStation culture. So that is something that I feel like is missed on a lot of people. You're still getting your God of Wars, your Horizons, your Uncharted, whatever. But you're also getting new experiences out of them in the multiplayer ring. And again, fusing that with Bungie, fusing that with Destiny's architecture is going to be detrimental to the way that those games perform after the fact so this is nothing but great news by you know from what i'm hearing yeah because this is exactly what i kind of want to hear playstation knows their issue that is multiplayer xbox knows their issue with it which is single player and they're both fixing those things right in front of us they're being both incredibly proactive right in front of us and i think that's missed on a lot of people because of the whole you know console war bullshit and and like to to that point, and and then uh, Macho and Wall want to get you guys uh, in here on on this topic. But like to that point specifically about you know Destiny or Bungie and and their resources and being able to help these studios. Like you know I just I just brought up London Studio, right? They it's it's you know kind of very clear that they are working on a multiplayer uh, PS5 project. That's like a new IP, a AAA new IP. Um, this is the first time that they've ever attempted something like this, and who better to sort of like you know ask for advice um, on something like that to to make that development a little less you know tumultuous than than a team like Bungie, a team that has walked the walk, who has seen the ups and downs of you know live services and things of that nature. So yeah, I think for a specific case like that, like Bungie just becomes even more important um, in 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 that case. Um, yeah, uh, Macho Wall. How, how you? How do you guys uh, feel about about this specific topic? Wall, jump in here. Go for it. This is. Give me a sec. Okay, there we go. This is something that it's it's funny when you see on Twitter how how quickly people shift gears, and I don't know why. And and you hear then people that don't shift gears criticize. You can't do it like, oh, now everyone's a, a Destiny fan, or oh, now everyone supports Life Service. Oh, now every and it's like, why can't we just be supportive of the changes that want to be made for the better? And to your point, Sol, having this would have been worrisome if PlayStation had not done or, or SI had not had any moves in regards to any acquisition or anything related to any company. They just went and said, oh, we're making ten Life Service games, and you're like, wait a minute. But now that Bungie is involved. It very much comes down to that knowledge. And I remember, I forgot wh- wh- where it was. I think it was through either the PlayStation account or, or, or it was on Twitter where they emphasized on how this is going to be an extremely important part of the process. Collaboration, having advice, having a, a, a back and forth between different, co- different uh, developers and different companies and how essentially it's like their consultant you know bungie will be that consultant in for many companies when they're developing these life services life service games which granted they're doing 10 i remember when they mentioned they were doing they had like 20 was it 21 or or something titles in the works and like half of them were like new ips i wonder if these 10 life service some of them fall within that count and these are completely from scratch uh, new ips that are going to be essentially life service and we don't get the same, you know, to, to Babbitt's point of Platinum Games, we had a major disappointment when we found out that Babylon's Fall is going to be life service. And and now we're like, well, it, it doesn't, 
what is going on, why the reveal was not presented in great admiration. But with Sony, there's some hope because we have Bungie involved now in the talks. There's consultancy with, with a, how you mentioned, someone that's walked the walk and talked the talk. A life service game that is still to this day one of the most profitable, one of the most uh, successful, Destiny 2. Uh, man, this is... I I, I want to hear more about what they have to say about how they're going to approach the life service on these 10 specific games because life service is not just a one and done. There's multiple ways you can do this and I wonder where the, the resources are going to fall more if it's either on on making a life service that's a one and done for the amount of content that they present or if they're going to have a certain amount of time that where they're going to support this game for the long run or these games no, for the long run and it's definitely and the latter far. it's definitely the latter that's that's where they're because going to be i don't after. know i don't want them to make it where they have let's say out of those 10 three life service games and they have no no we, we have to keep supporting them we have to and then they they start diverging resources to a life service game that quite frankly could have been done a year prior to when they're planning their next ip so I hope that they have, I mean, grant companies, they're not, they're not complete idiots. Uh, companies, they have a variety of, of, of brains and intellectuals to, to consult this with. So hopefully they can plan out their resources well. Uh, that's more, more my thing, making sure that these 10 games are, are treated with the quality that PlayStation has offered in the last decade or so. So what about you, Macho? It's going to be rocky, man. <laughs> it's going to be a rocky. <laughs> it's going to be rocky. Uh, four, like, uh, ten, size, 10 size live service games within the next four years. Sounds like a lot. It sounds very ambitious. Um, man, like, like I said, right now, I think they're, they're just at the point where they're seeing Genshin Impact. They're seeing Fortnite. They're seeing Final Fantasy 14. They're seeing Destiny. And they're like, we want in on that. And, of course, what company doesn't want in on that when you have, like, one cash cow you can rely on? Rockstar's been doing it all of like the past 10 years with GTA Online. <laughs> so they want in on this money and, it's, and it makes so much sense. But in, And then right now, what I think what they're doing, they're just kind of just throwing darts at the dartboard blindfolded to see what really sticks and what's going what's gonna to go there. Um, and it's, it's risky because we've seen live service games fail tremendously, even with exclusive, with like really big franchise IP like uh, The Avengers. Right, I mean, that game is more or less like successful in the, in the eyes of the people that play it really extensively, are really addicted to it, and, and like it. But the thing is, like overall, we can agree, like that just didn't hit home, man. I played it, and I love Avengers, and I played back the Black Panther Wakanda DLC, and I I thought it was cool, but I'm not playing it no more. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I, I don't have plans to go play it. Even when my favorite character was in there was Spider Man, right? A PlayStation exclusive. I did not care. Because it just looks so <laughs> Zumba, exactly. <laughs> yeah, man, those Zumba moves are quite wild. Um, when I saw that on, on YouTube, but yeah, I think it's it's ambitious, man. Um, I think they had definitely have a steep road ahead of them, and they seem confident. All right, they're giving out the vibe that they they feel like they're in the, going in the right direction with the right kind of people, which is really good because you don't want to go into something where it's like, well, we kind of had this idea, but then we're, we might be reverting. No, like they seem really sure on like what these studios want to do and where they want to go and how they want to do it. So that makes me confident. But the part of it is, what's the ratio of success to 
flop and then recovering from that flop, right? We've seen more of those, in my opinion, than we have of um, than we have of just straight out successes. I think Genshin Impact was the one anomaly where like it just dropped and it was an immediate success and has been since. So I, I don't know. It's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a bit of a rocky road for them, and I think that it's gonna be exciting to watch. But man, um. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's very up in the air, and I'm. Can I? Can I give you? Can I give you some? You know, maybe. Yeah, go for it. Don't jump know, in. Optimistic words for you. Yes. Yes. Please, yeah. Mr. Badpit. Yes. You know, Marvel sucked because, <laughs> for many reasons, <laughs> um, because they 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 didn't make a team from the ground up that understood the. Right. So, sure. you know, you bring Crystal Dynamics in that's known for single player games. You don't have a system that that is uh, f- that they're familiar with. Um, you know, they're going to have difficulties getting that game off the ground. No doubt. No doubt. Um, knowing that Sony is literally putting in the cash flow to make this work, I think is 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 awesome saying, hey, we're looking for multiplayer people to do this thing gives me way more hope than than you know again this is not like you know neil Druckmann going out there and and making this game he's hiring people that know how to make multiplayer games into this game and i think that's what gives me way more hope that and the fact that when it comes to one of the big problems and we're seeing games like halo suffer from this right now is like well how just wait i gotta kick this one person's ass how do you (laughs) how do we you know how do we get the content or or how do we maintain the content flow right like how do we Mm -hmm. you know people how do we make a battle pass that works you know uh or, or incentivize players um you know you're going to have that with with the destiny team or a variation of it. And I think that's really exciting. I think that's the super exciting part. It's like all the things you're worried about. Sony knows Sony knows that you're worried. They're worried about that too. And that's why they made this $3 billion investment so that they don't make the same square Enix level of mistake. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair. And then then those 10 projects, mind you, like I, I, we probably can guess like what the top of our heads are. They can be right. Ghost of Shima, last of us, Maybe something in the realm of resistance, hopefully, maybe, um, or whatever the case may be, and, and like that excites me. That yeah, I could dive back into yeah. those worlds, I can go keep going back, and it's going to be filled with content, and that they are exclusively working on that stuff, and it's, it's exciting stuff. But yeah, man, it's I, you did relieve some worry there, no doubt for sure, because <laughs> that they, they 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 know what the problem is, and they're going to be working on that. So we'll see again. We'll see how it goes, man. It's live service is a tricky beast, and I feel like now with more people gaming. With the pandemic still the way it is, um, people are hungry for this content, so people are going to be looking for that. If yeah. if I have if I have any worry, it's the idea of taking established sort of single player properties and then like sort of like brute forcing it and making it into a live service, a la like Assassin's Creed, for instance, um, or mm-hmm. even or even Marvel's Avengers. Uh, you know, that's a game like. I would have assumed it would have been a single player title and then they just made it into a live service for whatever reason. So I guess like my, my biggest concern is that like and I obviously don't think it's gonna happen, but like just spitballing here. If they were <laughs> to do like, hey, God of War live service game or here's a Spider-Man live service game, you know, uh something in that vein. But I don't think that's gonna happen because like I like if we do sit down and actually think about like what these 10 live service games are, I feel like we could easily like 
you know actually figured them out right um like we know twisted metal is something that's happening um we think gorilla is making uh something multi in the multiplayer space i mean think about this for a sec think about this they've dipped their toes in it and we've liked it so far like ghost of tsushima legends people legitimately like the problem with it not enough content to it because you're just they're 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 throwing it out. They're going, you like this? Yeah, right? yeah. Factions. How many people are jonesing for Factions 2? Me. Right? Me, Mr. Babbitt. Yeah. Me. Right. That's me. Right. Neil, Neil Druckmann can't walk outside without someone asking for it. Exactly. <laughs> Neil, why the golf club and why multiplayer? Uh, so, like, you know, these teams have experiences have some experience in it already we've liked it so far we're just uncomfortable with the fact that we know what makes sony really really good yeah. um and we remember the ps3 era but i would also say that playstation also remembers the playstation 3 era exactly. so you know the reason why they're doing this guys is because these ip are no longer safe yeah like they mm-hmm. like grant like who knows what's gonna happen to 2k in a year or two you know what i mean uh they need that constant revenue source um and they, they need to protect it and that's what we're seeing here right now so again don't be afraid everything's gonna be okay yeah and everything's gonna be okay and again it's it's something that you said at the beginning of this conversation is that this is just additive right it's not taking anything away right it's right. just adding further variety to an already like pretty stellar lineup um, which I'm totally down for. Um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm I'm glad that you guys hit home on that because that is yeah the one thing. It's not it's not taking away anything. It's definitely adding, which is better for us, right? We're coming mm-hmm. home from on our on our places and consoles or wherever we're gaming on, and we can always expect something to be there for us when when we want it, which is always a nice little comfort food for us gaming. Yeah, and, and it's it's going to be a constant revenue stream for them, right? And mm-hmm. and they just really need like one of these things to hit, and that that will be able to essentially fund like the next I don't know like Horizon, uh, Forbidden West or a project like that because those games are getting so much more expensive. Um, so yeah, that's that's how important like those these games can be for them. Um, but yeah, uh, do we? This is just like a, a a question that I had. Do we count Gran Turismo Seven in in that ten? I do. Yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. Definitely. I do. Yeah. yeah. Th- that's, that's 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 a game that just screams live service. Yeah, right. for mm-hmm. sure. Okay. Those fucking car dorks are gonna be all over it, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not wrong, man. You're not wrong. But I yeah, see people buying like the all the equipment for like their their GT7 seats and the wheels yeah. and, and don't all get that me wrong, stuff, I'm you know? jealous of that shit. I wish I could have that type of control. Same, man. Same, <laughs> man. Same. I do want a racing wheel for Gran Turismo Seven, but I know after a week it's gonna be fucking somewhere in my closet (laughs) (laughs) for me i'm for me i'm just like i'm gonna sit with it on the couch and the the, the wheels on my lap i'm like i can just do this outside (laughs) (laughs) but you know what gas is expensive now you know that's true (laughs) yeah and and the fact uh that you may actually break your goddamn spine when you crash into something (laughs) you don't have that worrying in gt so um 
but <laughs> Mate, that's the equivalent of why would you play FIFA when you can play the sport? It's true, man. I'm, I'm sitting down and playing. I got asthma. <laughs> <laughs> that, that actually reminds me of God. I wish I wish I had saved this clip, but it was like this. Um, korean i think gt player and he was like in the full goddamn like car seat and everything and uh he was just like you know, just doing like a, a normal track race and he crashed into something <laughs> and oh, the reaction fuck. that he had he like jumped <laughs> out of his seat like he actually crashed into something in real life dude <laughs> it was the funniest thing ever <laughs> yeah um <laughs> But yeah, in, in in terms like back to the the uh the ten life service games, sure. like uh, like we we know like Haven Studio is uh, is working on something in that vein, Firewalk, um, Deviation Games. We talked about Twisted Metal, uh, yeah. you know, GT Seven. We can add that's five right there. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really curious. Um, you know, the ones that we don't know about that haven't been revealed yet. Like what what are those? Uh, I still think it's. One is Ghost of Tsushima and the other is going to be Last of Us Factions. You think they're going to do like a yeah. Ghost of Tsushima like side multiplayer game? Oh, yeah. 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 Dude, a legend. Stand alone multiplayer game for sure, yeah. It's not. Legends, it's to that bit's point that Legends just had little content, but what was in there was solid. Was solid as you can get with what Ghost of Tsushima did. Introducing three completely different styles of, of play with. You had an archer, you had your shinobi, you had your healer, you had your samurai. It was, it felt, it, it gave me the feeling that Destiny did when a raid was was released. Where you could get with your buddies and do a, a level that required all four of you. Similar to how GTFO does on PC, where you need these four people to actually complete an objective. So it, as long as they can do these life services where they it truly incentivizes having your, your, your friend with you, whether that be... Uh, trio or duo or squad, uh, go full. I, I I can even see Gorilla dipping their toes in with Horizon and do something in their world with just how expansive yeah, and how vertical it is. Imagine doing a raid like like uh, going on top of these ancient robotic like Gaia or like Hades and having. To see, but that, go, that goes that goes back to what I was talking about. Is that like I don't want them to like you know strong arm and and. Turn. But it wouldn't be a strong arm because look at how they're they're essentially dipping their toes with VR. I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them, making it a clean transition towards multiplayer. However, that'll have to come after for Forbidden West and after the VR and see how they can play around with it and justifying it. Because Ghost of Tsushima, at the very least, you could play around with the mysticism because the only yeah, thing that it'd be a lot like Neo, but life service. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what, what they do. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> this guy's kicking my fucking ass. I can't say who. We love disaster it's fun. reactions. I'm having fun. I'm having fun right now. Nothing's pissing me off. Oh. So much fun I'm having. Hey, that's that's great. That's great that you can that you can uh, chip away at that game for for review while while you're on the podcast, man. That's, not yeah, uh, killing yeah, killing so two birds one stone. So much fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we kind of uh, alluded to it uh, a bit earlier. Uh, GT7. Uh, 
Dude, does I'm not a GT person, but does anyone uh, have anything that they want to uh, bring up or, or say in regards to GTA Seven having a, a state of play? I mean, they they had a, a pretty lengthy one. It was over thirty minutes. They had Kaz come out and and talk about the game and show you know all the features and game modes that GT Seven is bringing to the table. Uh, my my biggest sort of takeaway is that this really seems like a re a return to form um, as opposed to GT Sport. Um, it really looks like it's getting back to the roots of like, say like a GT four, for instance. Um, so yeah, that's, that's great to see, but, um, yeah. Uh, how, how did everyone, uh, feel about the state of play? Cars go fast. <laughs> um, they also have tires. True. I Our like, culture. I like the music. I like the music. Yeah. There's that, different colors, yes, There's different the music. colors for everyone. <laughs> Yeah. No, honestly, I so like I'm not a car guy either. I I drive a Corolla. I have nothing to brag about. Same here, same here. But yeah, no, dude, Corolla, what a beast of a machine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like that's my question. I've, I've seen BMWs. I'm like, can I drive my Corolla? Like, I just want to drive my Corolla. There's something about it. I just want to drive my car in here. And, Old reliable. I don't know. Old reliable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that said, yeah, it, I mean, again, not a car guy, but seeing the the outpour love from the GT community of like, yeah, yeah this is, we're bringing it back to basics here. Um, mm -hmm. It's awesome to see the photo mode looks fucking dope, Guys, dude. That's photo so. Mode. <laughs> dude. Holy shit! I know, I know, that's wild. That's the thing. I love photo mode in games too, so. I, I know I'm going to be following the hashtag Gran Turismo 7 as soon as that game releases to see what people yeah. pump out, man. It's going to be really cool. And who knows? I, I, we might even see on, what was the name of him? Sunhee Legend, the, the gift god yes, on Twitter. Sir. Seeing him post up some clips or whatever, GT7, man, that'll be, that'll be something. Yeah. I'm going to pick up this game, though. I am. Yeah, me too. I, I, me too. I, it's been a minute since I've played a Gran Turismo game. Like, seriously, like since the PS2 era. So I'm like, nothing nothing but net for 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 me here so cuz i'm just i'm just excited to see what's evolved from this game that being said i think forza looked a lot nicer but that's just me Ooh. i think forza looks way better than this but yeah you know, i i it still looks incredible and i think it just goes for the art direction that the team's going for here which yeah. is more like subdued it's more it's much more like we're, we're not going for the bright colors we're going for the most realism that we can here um, yeah which, i mean they, they touched on it with the weather and stuff like that yeah mm -hmm. that was that was actually like pretty cool to see like the gradual sort of like it rains and then uh you know the roads getting like dried out um yeah that seeing that in real time was pretty cool um, I think that was that was a big that was a big um kind of positive point from the other car game that was in being the PS4 generation. What was it called? Um, Drive Club. Oh, Drive Club. Drive Club. Yeah, yeah. it's such a basic name. I did not remember that. <laughs> but but yeah, it's uh it's like Drive Club, right? Like people praise like that weather system when it was in it, and I feel like if that's came being carried over to Gran Turismo Seven, just done in spades. Like yeah, I think it's gonna be really cool. It's definitely a, an eye pleaser, which something that it's all car games but this one seems like it's going definitely above a few notches with like it's different kind of real-time systems that makes it feel like a living breathing world which is cool yeah yeah you can um, even change the oil man <laughs> oh man do i gotta brush my horse too yeah the shit i don't want to do in real life and i pay yeah, exactly i got to do in this game it's great exactly. it's the one thing holding me back from replaying red dead 2 man it's the one thing holding me back 
Brush all the chores I gotta do. What's that saying? <laughs> art, art imitates life or whatever? That's exactly what I mean. <laughs> you can say that. Um, hey, man. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, uh, I'm... Yeah, I, I definitely want to try it out as 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 well. I haven't played a GT since I think like five, maybe. Um, but yeah, maybe, I, I, maybe it'll be on Spartacus. Oh, man, <laughs> That'll be the equivalent of us talking about PlayStation. Just I hope it's on Game Pen. No, no, I hope it's on Spartacus, man. Yeah, I'll probably oh, want it's on Spartacus because you know it's, it's a great way of uh, of trying out games. You know, you can try out games with Spartacus, and you can still support the developers. Uh, hey guys, have you heard about this Spartacus thing? Um, you know, I'm gonna try it out, but like, this is definitely like a Spartacus thing, I think I'm gonna try it out. Um, hey guys, have you ever heard that the best value in gaming is Spartacus? Because you get to try the game. There you go. If you don't like it, you still get the sport There's, there's <laughs> a phrase I was looking for, I was, I was waiting for it. I was like, what? What's the best phrase? What is it? What is it? It's just the awesome. Best. Like, you, you guys don't know that, but now it's you do, best, so. Best deal in gaming, it's, man. The best, it's the best deal in gaming, $9.99 a month. Uh, Phil Spencer will personally oh, shake my hand Christ. and love me like the son he never had or something. This <laughs> man is like Twitter incarnate right now. Yeah. <laughs> Going off right now. Uh, like uh, uh, at Aaron Greenberg. Oh my god, guys. Oh, I've no. played this game on Game Pass. It's so incredible. Have you guys seen it yet? It's called... I'm so tired of it. We I get it. Game Pass is great. It is the best deal in gaming. You don't have to remind me every two goddamn seconds to put it. You've got to tell me the, the name. The, and you, the cool thing is you could get it on sale if you want because sometimes they give it for a dollar. It's like, shut up. People gotta realize some, some of y'all are just doing... Y'all are doing their uh marketing their for them marketing yeah. for them it's, yeah. yeah it's like it's like speaking for square enix and right? they're just they're just sitting back they're just sitting back <laughs> <laughs> laughing man which by the way Vapid, i don't know if Macho told you about it Macho, why don't you tell him about it <laughs> yeah have you heard of the critically acclaimed mmorpg final fantasy 14 <laughs> hey guys have you heard about the critically acclaimed final fantasy 14 um it's really good you can you can have you can play as a little cat person with ears or you can play with a little sexy off lady uh, but like we're not saying that she's sexy out loud because it's gonna make me look really sad anyway um so like it beat world of warcraft last month and like it's so popular that like not even like you know god can play it listen mr babbitt we stand we stand hot bunny girls around here right uh, this, that's <laughs> official douche i can say that's true. <laughs> mr babbitt mr babbitt that's 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 exactly how i imagine these uh final for uh, final fantasy 14 weebs sounding like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah great, hey, great, man, great, aren't great you job. the one making reaction videos to league of legends hold up now hey man, hey, yo. Hey, man. i don't know what's now. going on i don't know what's going on in those, in those <laughs> <videos>. <laughs> all right um but anyway anyway yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, man, how do I how do you how do I even like reel in this conversation back to GT Seven? I got you, I got you, because uh, I think um, we're still talking about GT Seven. So yeah, the the, la the last um, thing the last yeah. thing I wanted I wanted to bring up was the Dual Sense. I'm I'm really excited to to that that's the game that I'm really excited for Dual Sense integration. Uh, yeah. see how that yeah, works. Man. But um, oh yeah, but yeah, uh, so yeah, that's that's uh, GT's uh, state of play. Um, also got a bunch of previews, so it's it's nice to see that like it's seemingly that March fourth date is is set in stone. Um, even though it hasn't gone gold yet, I, I I'm feeling pretty confident about that. Um, but 
Uh, aside from, from GT7, we also got a uh, pretty substantial presentation for uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, I'm going to really rely on you guys to, to sort of shepherd this this conversation because I <laughs> I got a confession to make that I didn't I didn't watch it. Um, Are I, you saying this while we're on the podcast? Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, yo, um, live reaction. Um, but but you guys you guys I've, I've been pretty adamant about my sort of like uh, disinterest in that game at least from what I had seen. Um, so how did you guys feel about this this presentation did did I, I i don't remember if you guys were pretty lukewarm on the gameplay uh that we'd seen up to the point up to that point as well but uh did this presentation uh help or uh lessen any excitement you guys had for it i'll, I'll kick it off um because I, I i remember specifically when we we're talking about it i was a little more on the positive side about it because the fact that my big takeaway from it was bioshock in tokyo um especially when it came to like the hand movements and like the powers and stuff like that a lot of stuff really interested me uh after coming from this sort of presentation and that we're actually getting a we're actually getting the game in march at the end of march which is actually pretty crazy it's really close by i'm interested but i don't know if i want to fully dive in it looks pretty repetitive from just that gameplay snippet of like what you're going to be doing and how you're going to be venturing this world but I still want to keep an eye on it. Like I, it's, it's like with Dying Light 2. I still want to keep an eye on it until we come to release day and reviews and what people are saying. Um, because the art style is just giving me everything I want in a game like that. Um, with Especially that was like kind of like their vision from before, right? When uh, I think Tango... What's their developer's name? Tango... Tango Gameworks? Gameworks? Yeah. yeah. Tango Gameworks. They're talking about like we want to give you like a kind of neo-tokyo paranormal experience and that's what we're going for and it seems like they really nailed that and i want to try it out yeah Walt, what about you man i i've been i've also been on the positive side and i've also been on keeping this game on my radar and just to get more information on it i wanted more information more gameplay and we got it uh they only showed a little bit and if the little bit that they showed is going to be the majority of the game, which I think that's the case, uh, they talk about the verticality and how you can traverse Tokyo, but it is, you know, having games like Dying Light and whatnot, it's not as deep as that. You simply go tops of buildings, you clear out these Tory gates, you, you cleanse corrupt uh, corrupt spirits and, and yokai, and I'm more interested in the aesthetic of this game and on how how cool the moves look and the powers and and casting and it it can definitely get old it can definitely get to a point where oh yeah i mean it's not it's not as impressive anymore but i don't mind man no man's sky for when it first came out it wasn't what what it is now which is right now it's what it should have been but those first three hours of me getting to my ship, fixing it, and diving to my first planet, and going through space, that was magical. I'll never forget those first three hours. And this game seems like it's going to have a solid amount of time where I'm going to be super invested. After a while, it might get repetitive, but I don't see it as getting tiresome. I see it as getting, okay, yeah, we're going to the same wave kind of thing. I've played games that have had multiple just repetitive uh, gameplay loops or levels or defend this, you know, like in like in Guardians, uh, one of the few things that's repetitive. Oh, defend 
this member while the enemies attack. You know, that, that famous trope in games where, or Destiny, oh, protect the ghost while the hive attack for like three rounds. Uh, yeah. This one seems to be the case where there's a yokai, multiple appear, you do your moves, cleanse the area, move to the next one. And I think that the big moving factor that's going to make people just go through the, the whole game with this loop without fear, feeling that it gets monotonous is, I think, ultimately the story and the general vibe of the game. Because I think you can achieve a game where it, the narrative structure is not the strongest. However, the feeling you get when playing the game is good enough to the point where you actually feel like Zen, like Ali Ali World, where it's not the most deep of, of games, but it's a game that you can relax to. It's a game you can just chill back, do some platforming, skate around. I hope this game is the kind of game where my big takeaway is seeing all the types of enemies and see what achievements I can get with the types of enemies. Is it a, oh, fight every type of enemy and there's like special strong enemies that you can find in the world? Oh, that I love those loops, man. I love it when it's the, the classic... Uh, there's 12 of these just ultra hard enemies and you have to beat them after a certain part. Uh, in Tales of Arise, there was a, I forget the name, but there were like huge, there was a level 40 something in a level two area in the beginning of the game and you can't really tackle him until later on in the game. I like those kinds of of, of uh, premises or ideas in a game. Uh, Assassin's Creed, uh, Origins specifically, you have these bounty hunters that are hunting you. There's like 20 of them. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You know, it, yeah, that I was like cool. that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, that's why I'm a fan of when anime, like the Akatsuki, you have you have 12 members. You have 12 of these. You have this organization, Phantom Troop. So the design of the yokai, man, I'm loving it. It's It looks so personal. It looks so traditional, so intimate to them. And they talked about it a bit, how this game is very much a piece of their culture and how a lot of their inspiration comes from old school traditional Japanese music. So I take that this game will have a lot of stuff that we will not think any of it until later on there's a significance or symbolism or a deeper meaning. So I'm excited for it uh, more for what the inspiration is behind it. And I want to know more about that. So that's pro not, I don't know if it's a day one buy, but I'm definitely going to have that. I'm going to be playing that this year. What about you, Mr. Babbitt? Did uh, I, I don't know how you felt about about uh, Ghostwire before the presentation, but did this help excitement or or lessen it for you? Honestly, guys, honestly, um, I always used to jerk about on my podcast. I'm like, yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo for those five people that are excited, <laughs> and I I look like an asshole because not only is that a dick thing to say, but it's. It looks cool, dude. It looks like I'm a first-person mage, like first-person perspective. I think mm. there's like games that's done similar, like Lichdom or like even like Skyrim, where you're shooting laser beams. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, you know what? The thing that had me is like when you lasso these motherfuckers, and then you're like you, yeah, you do this weird thing with your hands, yeah, and then it, it just they all fucking explode. I was like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> like actually, this looks uh, this looks pretty fucking tight. So the uh, anime. I, <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm not a big anime guy, but that that shit looked dope as hell. So I'm actually surprisingly in on this game, but I, I, I'm the same boat as you guys. I don't know if this is a, I don't know if this is a day one for me, but right. yeah, I, I'm excited nonetheless. <clears throat> um, you know, it's that and, and actually Tiny Tina got me on the, on the bandwagon. So really? Yo, my boy. 
Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Are you are you usually a, a Borderlands guy or, or what? No, I don't fuck with that. I don't think I think it's one of the most unfunny series that tries <laughs> to be hilarious. <laughs> uh, I, and, and here's the thing: I played, I played, I played three. I like that was like my intro. I always played the first level of two with my friends, and then they promise they're gonna keep playing with me, and then they don't. Probably because I'm not. I don't know. I'm me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't blame you, man. I played Borderlands 2, and uh, I, I played that entirely by myself, thinking my friends are going to join me, and it didn't happen. Yeah, bad so. friends. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> so I threw the rest of y'all under the bus, but yeah, be better, be better. Right. Hey man, I, I don't, I don't really like him that much. <laughs> it's true, it's true. He, he hates us. He hates us, man. At least, like, at least, at least he lets us know. He's exactly. true feelings. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. So it, I'm, I'm actually very like surprised that the game is coming out like so soon. Uh, because it, it, it went dark for a really long time. I feel like and and. Yeah, I, I like that they're just kind of like boom, like it's it's coming out in March. Um, so that's yeah, cool. yeah. I really hope the uh, the creator, the director for this game, um, forgive me for forgetting her first name, but I think her, her last name is Nakamura. I just yeah, read like an Iggy, was it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just read like an op, not an op-ed, but I read like an editorial based on like on her journey of becoming a game developer. It's incredible, um, and. The reasons why she left is just it's, it's, it makes so much sense why she had a bow from the project and what was going on there. And I, I highly encourage people to read it. It's on Game Informer if you want to go check that out. Like the basically the mind behind Ghostwire Tokyo and why she's not there anymore. But it's um just Ikumi, hearing kind Ikumi, of Ikumi, my bad. Okay, yeah, thank you. Well, um, it's just hearing her journey and like seeing. I'm hoping that Ghostwire Tokyo, the way it is now, it still has what she had in mind for her vision and kind of like her DNA in that game because she left it after four years, which was like wow. something she said that was very hard for her to do, you know? Cause she was, she literally just kind of went through the grind of becoming a game developer and eventually ascended to this game director position for this vision that she had. And it seemed like this game is really trying to stay true to that, which I think is really commendable. Um, so I, you know, I, when it comes out, I hope that it's still it's true to form and what she wants. and. And people really vibe with it because I think this game is going to do well, but we'll see how it goes. You know, we got a couple months, and it's coming out during during the time where things are coming out, but also like we can we can kind of rest a little bit into April. It seems like so. I feel like people can jive with it. Dude, come April, I'm still going to be playing Elden Ring. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm going to be playing that game so much. Oh man, I know. I'm super excited for it too, man. Yeah. Um. But yeah, all right. So that's that's uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. I guess the the last thing that we can talk about before we we start wrapping up the show is um, obviously PlayStation just had their uh, earnings call, um, and they revealed that they amongst you know the several bits of information that we got from it um, was that the PlayStation Five has sold through seventeen point three uh, million units, right? Um, as of I think it was like. December 31st I want to say or sometime in January uh something like that but um yeah so 17.3 uh million units uh that is falling behind the PS4 at the same time frame of about like roughly I think the PS4 was at like 20.4 during the same time frame um obviously they they had to cut down their uh forecasts um by I think about like 3 million units um 
so this obviously isn't too much of a surprise uh given you know the chip shortages and whatnot um still 17.3 million units is still uh pretty impressive um so yeah if, if any anyone ha i i i really like there i feel like there isn't really too much to really yeah, say uh, about this dead. they're not right? selling good anymore and um, <laughs> thank you mr Brown. thank you yeah, yeah exactly it really just exactly. sucks jim ryan jim ryan like, he doesn't know anymore like he's like like he's even there he doesn't even return my calls so, like, <laughs> exactly thank you he's yeah, not like phil yeah. spencer when i add him a million times on twitter i'm usually like goes eh. And then I'm like, oh my god, Phil noticed me, Senpai noticed me, oh my god, he likes me so much. It's something like that. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> does, that, does that drive your point, Jay? That's all we got to say. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> grand opening, grand closing. That's, that's yeah. it. Um, well, I mean, well, one of the things I wanted to be... I'll let people actually chime in, but there's one other topic I wanted to jump in, but... um. Anybody else that wants to talk about that? I mean, yeah, cool. <laughs> like, but yeah, well, that's cool. Console sell. Yeah, it, you know, pandemic happens. You can't control it. Things, uh, things outside your control, man. You right. know, there's not, yeah. there's not much else to really say. No, it's that. it's still one of the more impossible ones to get your hands on. So it doesn't you know seem like it, that's the case. It's all it also the Wii U. So uh, that's that's a that's oh, a big feat. That's a big feat right there. So that dummy. means yep. so that means Wii's. We use are harder to get than PlayStation Five. You see, see. Mm, so, you go. Go. so you know, uh, fucking Xbox sucks. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love Twitter discourse, dude. It's the dumbest fucking people talking no, out loud. I, I can't. You know? I, I can't. I, I I can't stand it, man. <laughs> I know it's, it's it sucks so bad. Yeah, but, but um, dude, like, uh, they have to build their stuff. Like, they have to stop acquiring because, like. Oh my god! It's not organic. Yeah, I saw, I saw, I saw this. I saw the guy Adam ruins everything, and he just explained it so well. That like Xbox is a monopoly, and they're gonna take over everything. And then, <laughs> and then, and then Adam ruins everything comes back on the air, and it's like nothing's fucking worse than that because this actual fucking sucks. And so it's like you know it fucking sucks. I fucking hate it here. I fucking hate it here. Oh shit. Um, there. We we actually didn't talk about this with the the Bungie stuff, but um, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the incentive or the retention bonuses that Sony is doing, um, you know, to to keep uh, Bungie employees there. Right, it's like something like one point two billion uh, that's being sort of dedicated to that alone. Um, yeah, it's just about a third of the purchase. Yeah, right. And and obviously, it, it's not going to be like everyone. I've seen some people running wild with the notion that that's going to be like one million per per employee, and it's like obviously <laughs> oh, not right, everyone, buddy. not everyone's <laughs> going to get the, <laughs> the equal amount. Um, janitor ain't getting a million dollars. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> I'm the bungee janitor. Just sees, sees the news. He's like, yeah. I'm going to I'm rich, bitch. <laughs> you'll have you'll you'll have the next list of top most paid jobs. You'll you'll go number three engineer, number two doctor, yeah. number one bungee janitor. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> Whoa! But um, but I think I think that uh, that really does go to show just how important like like sure obviously the IP is very important as to you know the a big reason why you know Sony wants to made this acquisition in the first place but also I think it goes to show the talent just how much they they really value the talent at at Bungie and, and just how uh how much they want to keep that intact um so yeah I, th yeah. I thought that was that was something that that was really really cool
Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a safety net. It's a safety net for them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you. It's. It also incentivizes. Oh wait, I'm gonna stay. You know, just it's just business practices. You gotta keep your employees also happy with with some bonuses and some incentives to to stay with you and not. Does it? Does ain't. There's any Activision situation where it's like, no, you you can get more money. Yeah, but I'm gonna still be treated like a piece of shit. So in this case, yeah. it's just more money, but you're still doing a great job in a great environment. Hopefully, so, unless something comes out this year. Oh, please, no more of that. I don't want this year to be like, oh, Bungie. Actually, oh uh, no, no, Bungie, stay like you are. Don't be assholes. Well, well, <laughs> no, yes, I hate to, I hate to break it to you, but uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're not exactly clean either. So yeah, um, no company is man. There's no. I, oh well, Disney is. Except Microsoft, uh, because here's the thing: Have you guys ever heard of this thing oh, called Game man. Pass? It's only nine ninety nine. I feel like oh, I, I feel like this is this is a character that we have to like, uh, yeah. you know, pin like uh, I don't know, like Game Pass Joe or something. That's right. Hi. Uh, <laughs> <Game> <laughs> <Pass> <laughs> have you ever, guys, have I ever told you about this service? Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. So, so next time, it. next time, keep, Mr. Babbitt, keep, keep, keep doing it, Mr. Babbitt. Keep doing it, cause then he, then, then, so I really appreciate Final Fantasy XIV Macho. Oh, so man. I just want to, I just want to know the guy that tags Aaron Greenberg and everything. He must be fucking like, he must hate my ass, cause Aaron Greenberg follows me. <laughs> I've never added that man in my fucking life, and this Joe fucking schmo over here yeah I, like, I, I really here's the thing i hate that shit when people like just like here's my tweet full of ats of random companies oh, i hate those yeah I it hate sucks those. unless you're showing love to the team that's fine but if you're like can't playstation and at playstation at microsoft <laughs> at xbox <laughs> at Phil Spencer, as the social media manager in me literally is screaming internally when i see fucking posts like that it's like dude we, fu yep. we fucking loathe that shit you're just flooding our feed with nonsense oh it sucks oh you suck stop it <laughs> i know it's just it's straight Twitter. straight up mute straight up just yeah. mute yeah yeah for sure um but uh yeah so next time next time mr babbitt comes onto the podcast that's what we're going to be referring to you as as uh, game, <laughs> game passage joe um, you know it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but uh, Macho, I did you did you have uh, a topic that you wanted to bring in? I I felt like you were getting ready to say something earlier, and then uh, I talked about the bungee stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like, I mean, it could be like a really good final topic actually, because one of the best things like to come out of this week, and in my opinion, one of the best things to come out of gaming in general, has been. The Bloodborne PSX. God bless. Game, Bear man. Man. Dude, uh, so I just wanted to give a shout out to... It's her <laughs> name. like a No, I had to give a shout out to Lilith Walther, who was... Basically, she was like the creator of like this Bloodborne PSX. It's Bloodborne D-Make, as people have been saying on Twitter, which is not the entire game of Bloodborne. It's just more or less like the first area, a couple of bosses, maybe a couple of secrets here and there. And uh, she did it all on herself. Um, you get like a good like six to ten hours out of this game, or more if you want. It's really in depth, and she's actually a lead pro programmer for an indie studio. Oh, Man, cool. this thing, this thing is fucking awesome. If you have a working piece, I think you can even run this thing on a toaster if you can. It's freaking <laughs> amazing, dude. Have you guys actually played this? No, I just downloaded it. 
Um, and, and of course, I had to do the Dying Light review, so I couldn't. I couldn't fucking do that. I I want to so bad, and hopefully Monday I can, because, dude, this thing tracked on Twitch. Yeah. It t- tracked on fucking yeah. Twitch. God bless. That's how you know. That's how you know you have something fucking special, man. Like True. this thing, mm-hmm. twenty like over. I I saw over twenty thousand people like playing it or, or watching it. I yeah. mean. And it has over a hundred thousand downloads. That was the latest report, which is it's it's is crazy to me. But the thing's like it's so good, man. Like I didn't, I, I was kind of going to a little bit of cringe. I was like, oh, I don't know how this is really gonna be. Like what's going on? But the thing is, like the way you can just set like there's so many settings to it, man. Like once you actually go into like the game settings, you can set to whatever resolution you can cap it at the 144 frame rates uh 120 whatever the case may be so you're actually playing it at a decent frame rate well um it's and yeah, you can yo, actually man, get your hell out of here <laughs> and you you, <laughs> you can actually um turn on and off like the ctr filters and everything to make it as retro as you want or if you want to clean up if you want to clean up the textures a little bit more but it just lives and breathes bloodborne i kid you not fellas it lives and breathes it and even has a couple of really cool design choices that differ from Bloodborne. So you're not going into it with a one-to-one like, all right, I know where this goes. I know where this path leads. Like, no, like you have to completely reset how you think the first level of Bloodborne and then go into it. Because there's going to oh. be things that completely change it up and just like, well, man, like fighting the Clary Beast, dude, I got really hyped again. <laughs> like the way she set it up so that it's just so epic in like that PS1 nostalgia flavor, but with Bloodborne mixed in. It's one of the best things in gaming. <laughs> I'm this standing man, this, man. This man's frothing. frothing it's so good. It's so cool, dude. It's so cool. And it's done by one person. And she worked on it for like 13 months or something like that. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's really impressive that she was able to do it in that little time frame. I feel I would have imagined something like that would take years to do, uh, especially by yourself. So that's really really insane. Um, yeah, and she yeah. she did a patch already, right? Yeah, it's it's coming out with like frequent patches, like addressing any kind of bugs or in case whatever the case may be, or even like different options and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, she's 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 staying on top of it, and I think what she's doing really well too is like usually when it comes to like these patches, you have to da- mainly download them first of all. So um, people have the worry of like, well, will my save from the previous patch carry on to this one? Because you know it's a little different. You're not dealing with like a the streamlined console way of doing things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but your save does carry over, so you won't be losing anything if you start it up again with a new patch. Gotcha. But yeah, it's 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 amazing, man. And like it's it's a little funky. I will say, you're not using the analog sticks, Mr. Babbitt. You're you're using directional buttons. Oh you... fuck, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh you... fuck, they went deep <laughs> in this. Yeah, My man. man, you're using R2 and L2 to turn your camera. <laughs> Oh God! Wow! How am I? Oh my God! Okay, I'm in. I want so, to see. I want to see this. You're gonna be mental laps. You're just both. I, Walt, you and Mr. Babbitt, man. You guys are gonna just be diving into it. Just go with open mind and like try to get used to controls. But you know, play around with it, man. There's a whole bunch of different settings with it. I think it's really cool. Um, and any kind of Bloodborne fan, of course, all of us here are from soft fans and Bloodborne fans. This is definitely something to check out. Just whether on the stream or just by if I said you have the cable computer, it's it's magnificent, man. I had to I had I, this is one thing I wanted to talk about the most this entire week because it's so cool. Nice. Yeah, nice man. Looking forward to it. 
Um, and, I'm gonna, and I'm actually going to be that guy that's going to go on the place in Twitter and be like, where's my 60 frames per second patch? That's besides the point. Um, <laughs> Real talk, where is it, though? Like, <laughs> come on, what the fuck? According to the soul, it's never coming out. No. <laughs> yeah, man. I want to hold out hope. Uh, that's because Jim Bryan hates us again. Like, Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, maybe Bloodborne 60 frames per second would be on Game Pass. Who knows? Didn't they do a mod for it? Yeah, uh, it's... It, there, there is a mod for the Bloodborne 60 frames, but you need a um, jailbroken PS4 or like a dev or debug kit for PS5. So basically, uh, you're not getting it unless you're really going out of your way to do it. Nah. Yeah, I know it's the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I guess that's that's pretty much it for for us in terms of uh, topics. So we're gonna get started with these these outros. Um, Mr. Babbit, man, thanks, thanks for for joining us. Uh, do you want to go go ahead and and uh, plug plug your channel? Where can yeah, people man. find you? First and foremost, I'm sorry, I was like, I caused, you know, you're good, I caused you're good. delay. Secondly, uh, you can find me over at the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. With me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest and the greatest in all things PlayStation each and every Thursday. This week we go into a lot of depth about the Bungie uh, acquisition. We talk about the live service uh, direction that PlayStation is heading into. And um, man, uh, you know, it's one of our favorite episodes yet. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of love about our takes on that episode. A lot of people reaching out and saying thank you for not sounding like a goddamn lunatic. Uh, <laughs> and I appreciate it, man, because it's Twitter, you know, the internet rewards that type of behavior, you know? Yeah, That's why sure. I like this podcast, guys. It's just a, a couple of dudes chatting you know, shooting the shit, and that's what really it should all be about. We should, sure. you know, kind of try to stop the whole, like, uh, oh, I got some insider information when we really don't type <laughs> shit. Um, because it's nonsense. It really is. It's nonsense. I have no idea what's going on at yeah. any time. Uh, so... <laughs> so really just... I don't even know where I'm at. I don't even... What, what am I doing right now? I have no idea. You can't tell me. Um... Sweet. Oh god, I gotta beat someone's ass. One sec, one sec. I'll finish. The there you go. Beat ass. So yeah, no, it's that's that's what we try to bring. We try to bring some type of rational discussion and and really loving loving the the that people are digging it the same way that we love making it. Really. So yeah, check that out this week as well. We'll have our seafood coverage. I'll be joined by Aidsley Bowden over at Season Gaming to talk about our impressions of seafood, uh, and we're going to have various differing opinions it's gonna Ooh. be really exciting awesome. um, so yeah awesome. check it check it out and thank you guys for having me yet again it's been it's been a blast of course man you're, you're welcome anytime um so we're gonna get started with with uh the outros for the podcast members uh walt why don't you kick things off man well you got anything going on this week what's going on oh my god uh uni is starting to kick my ass we're starting to ramp up these works so i'm gonna be working on that on the side while also going through some more Pokemon and more of this Dying Light beauty. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Can't wait to dive in more on it and talk more about it. Uh, my, my more deep impressions next podcast, but aside from that, uh, going to be working more on getting through Arceus. I, I feel like I'm getting addicted, but that's a good thing. I like getting addicted to games, but it's a healthy addiction. That's what they all say. Am I right? Uh, <laughs> Aside from that, man, just working more on on trying to get this this semester underway and and focus more on 
more side projects and whatnot. Uh, depending on how things go, I might have other things to talk about next podcast. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Mm, are you saving that one? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm, I, I want to okay. make sure I, I, I get the official everything, and then I'll talk more about it. Um, but yeah, man, uh, feeling good. Feeling like uh, life is life is moving. Cool, yeah. man. Yeah, let's see it. Macho, yeah. what's going on with you, man? Yeah, I'm just mostly going to dive into the comfort food games. Uh, a lot more 13 Sentinels, get through that story. Um, about 50% through it and really enjoying that whole sci-fi mystery timeline jargon. There's <laughs> definitely a lot of themes <laughs> in this game, but it's really fun. On a penguin. Um, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just more JRPG goodness and really just waiting out to Elden Ring and... Um, at Horizon Forbidden West, man, we're really close. We're like, so what, like man. 14 days Ooh. away or something like that? Ooh wee! Yeah. Ooh wee! Yeah, man, it's, I'm super excited for all that stuff, man. Like, it's it's gonna be a good time, but but yeah, mostly just kind of playing it low key until until then. Uh, just try to finish up backlog games, and I actually I've been watching Peacemaker, fellas, on HBO yeah. Max. Oh. I gotta get onto that, man. Fantastic. Fox, dude. dude. Yeah. I mean, literally and figure, yeah, figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> literally, figure, me and the fiance are watching it and just like, I'm just getting a crack out of all the jokes. I, I never thought John Cena could make me laugh as much. It's like, and honestly, it's like a surprise when you see Zac Efron in like any comedy movie. You never expect yeah. him to be so funny. John Cena is like that. Like he is hilarious, dude. Uh, again, I, I said it on Twitter. I'll say it out loud. I don't give a shit. I'll say the quiet thing out loud. Uh, John Cena is a better actor than The Rock. The Rock plays the same dude. The Rock <laughs> Whoa! The Rock. <laughs> I like The Rock. I think The Rock is great. I think The Rock is great in a lot of things. But he's always The yeah. Rock. He's always Dwayne Johnson. Uh, he's a hard ass who works for the government or some shit, right? He's always yeah. that type of guy. And he's charismatic as heck. Guy. And that's it. And yeah. Super charismatic. Oh, I'm strong. I can love big things. And that's it. That's The Rock. Yeah. John Cena, <laughs> there's a lot of layers. Yeah, that's... You know, that's... like, he's, he's crying and shit in this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty much how I feel about uh, Giancarlo Esposito. He always plays, like, yeah. the same the same type of character. Um, Interesting. But yeah. I like that thing. Well, but to that point, I want to... I wanna... I, I'm gonna cultivate that idea, and I'm gonna be more analytical of John Cena from now on, and see. I'm interested in this. Oh, interesting. interesting. No, yeah, it's good. Yeah, he he has he has some acting chops, and it. it's actually like, you well knowing you, man, you're gonna see it. You're immediately gonna see it once it actually happens. So very nice, man. Man, yeah. that that wrestling world really. I mean, it's a performance. So <laughs> it, they it, actually make a joke about that too. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, so as as for me, um, more obviously more and more Dying Light 2, uh, you know, just gonna actually sit down with it this weekend and actually uh, dig into it. Um, aside from that, I don't think I've really been playing anything else. I, I put down Dragon Age Inquisition. I got I had that wow, game. Wow, really? You've been tying with it so long. I know. It, it's just like... It, let, let me give you an idea of like what most of these quests really entail. Uh, I did a, a quest the other day that was like, uh, go get ten uh, uh, meat from from the deer in 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 this level or something like that. It, it's it's stupid. Uh, collect a lot of quests like that essentially. Um, 
so you just get you just get tired of it man it's, it's so rinse and repeat and i've never been a big fan of the combat in general and yeah i don't know man it's 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 whatever um, and you had to do those quests because of grinding level because it takes stuff, so right? it's so slow to level up in this game man it takes forever so you have to do these quests man uh so yeah <laughs> i i got tired of it it's yeah i don't know mass Damn. effect mass effect was just a smoother experience um but yeah so mainly and you know what it, feel, it feels good just to be able to just to focus on, on one single game so i'm not i'm not really complaining um so yeah dying light on game pass by any chance <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe 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 i, I would have guys know this but like it's on ea play and if you're just on i was EA about play, to say hey, uh, maybe maybe i would i would have felt different differently about it you know you know what game pass does to, to the mind man it yeah, turns it turns like, to, it's like it's like you're playing it for free, but like you're not playing it for free. You know, it's like Phil Spencer loves me. So. Hey man, hey, I'm still waiting to be called out by CIA for my one dollar discount. Oh right. yo, it turns Game Pass turns a six a six out of ten into a into a nine out of ten for for yep. some people apparently. <laughs> yep. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to uh, what was it? The, the Ascent. Shout oh, out to man. that. Oh, oh wow, that hit deep. Oh. <laughs> that hit deep. Yikes. But um, yeah. Remember, remember the ascent. Remember that game of the year. Uh, you know. Hey man, I remember, I, I remember very I well. I, same same thing with same with uh, twelve minutes. Yeah. Same yep. thing. Same thing with remember our cra crackdown three, man. We can go down the line, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I. I remember. <laughs> I was there. Pepper um, <laughs> remembers. Pepper yeah. remembers. <laughs> but, but um, yeah. So aside from from Dying Light, um, I've been watching. Well, I I, I don't know if you finally got a chance to watch it, but I've been uh really digging into All of Us Are Dead on Netflix. Oh, um, is that that new Korean uh, zombie drama? Yeah, the zombie. Yeah, it's 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 really really good man i'm really enjoying it oh um, i i want to i want to start getting it's it's long episodes so i want to be able to just chill and watch i think tomorrow might be the day yeah tomorrow man I, I i definitely recommend it it, it just takes so, like the zombie uh genre or, or trope and it puts it in, in a high school and like combines right like classic zombie tropes with high school drama and it's just like i don't know like ooh. i really i really love that stuff man interesting um, and now so to that point to those listening, if you are sleeping on anime and you want a solid recommendation and you want to be blown away, there's nothing this semester that has more twists and turns than the final season of Attack on Titan. If y'all want something that really blows your mind, promise, I promise you, you will not be disappointed with Attack on Titan. If you haven't watched it, if you're, if you're not caught up on the new season, get on it. You're gonna be blown away. We are witnessing a masterpiece in the making. So y'all <laughs> get on that train because it's crazy. Jo Soul has read the manga. Shit's about to get crazy. Tomorrow, Soul, we're gonna get the origins of a certain person. Oh my god, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, and but... Demon Slayer, get on that Demon Slayer, man. It's it's great to be an anime and video game fan. Y'all get on it. Don't sleep on it. All right. And the but, anime um... maniac over here. <laughs> Whoa. Um, but aside, aside, yeah, aside from, from uh, all of us are dead and and die light too. That's that's pretty much what my week is going to consist of. But um, nice. yeah, aside, aside from zombies. that, yeah, for sure. Um, aside from that, that's that's pretty much it for me, uh, guys. I want to thank you guys for for tuning in, whether you guys did live or or after the fact. We always appreciate it. Uh, also, consider subscribing to the channel. Uh, we just hit uh, Macho. I believe we got to seventy five. Uh, we did, which yeah, which yeah. is funny because I think 
yesterday i i checked and we were at we were at like 75 and then like i checked again later that day and then we went down to 74 and then today we're back at 75 so there you go that's that's just that's just the, that's just the youtube game baby but yeah we, we appreciate it nonetheless uh so once yes, again sir. want to thank everybody for for tuning in for the support and uh we will catch you guys next week uh hopefully no acquisitions happen uh, peace out. <laughs>